Hello, world. I'm Greg Patton. News and stuff is next. Stay tuned. Well, anything new or exciting happening in your life? I told you sometime. Was it yesterday? Got this new book. You might want to look it up. Harry Lorraine about memory. You know, this guy somehow memorized the faces and names of 20 million people. He didn't even go to high school. Can you do that? My Christian friend, what are you doing for God today? Do you have the word memorized? Do you know the key parts of every chapter of the Bible? And if not, why not? Do a little study. If a guy can remember 20 million faces, what could you remember out of the Bible? That's just a little challenge there. And already I got several people. I got nothing in this other than recommendation, but people are getting Harry Lorraine's book. Look it up. You can find it. Get a copy. Get your memory. Hey, talk about getting a copy. How about InvisibleWarOnTheSaints.com? Go there. Invisible War on the Saints. Our new book, Victor or Victim, Which Are You? Have victory in Jesus today. Get a copy of this book. Give it to a friend. You know somebody that's got some problems? Oh, this book will be good for them. Thank you, Southwest Radio Church, for jumping on board and publishing the books that were right. I think I love you. What in the world is going on? Shh, don't tell anybody now. U.S. Representative Jamie Raskin, a Democrat from Maryland, has been a key player behind ex-House Speaker Nancy Pelosi's snap impeachment of President Trump, a scheme that ultimately failed. He called Trump the inciter-in-chief for failing to send help during the January 6, 2021 riot at the Capitol, even though Trump had offered additional National Guard troops and Pelosi was one of those that rejected it. Now, Raskin is insisting that Joe Biden be considered totally exempt from even being investigated for impeachment over what the evidence so far shows is a years-long family mob enterprise to collect millions and millions of dollars, sometimes from hostile foreign entities, in exchange for the influence Joe Biden had or has or, well, you get the idea. Yeah, they went after Trump. Don't go after Joey. Where's my gun? The Texas Supreme Court ruled against a woman who sued for permission to get an abortion that didn't work She's left the state to get an abortion. Harvard President Claudine Gay facing calls for her ouster after her disastrous appearance at a congressional hearing on anti-Semitism at Harvard. I'm going to talk about this thing a little bit later on with one of the great Christian authors in America. Hey, you own a gun? Uh, the Democrats' demon team there, led by Biden. Oh, the NRA has torched him for... Plans to change the rules for gun buyers and sellers. Oh, this stuff is scary. Look it up at the NRA. Plans to use data from former President Donald Trump's White House cell phone in the federal 2020 election interference case. Per a filing yesterday, the big picture, Smith plans to call an expert witness who has extracted and processed data from the phones of the former president and another unnamed person currently. The witness also would determine the usages of the phone during the post-2020 
election period, including on or around January the 6th. And that includes the periods of time when the Twitter app was open on Trump's phone the day of the Capitol riot. Trump was indicted in August, alleged efforts to overturn the 2020 election, charged with conspiracy to defraud the United States, conspiracy to obstruct an official proceeding, obstruction of an attempt to obstruct an official proceeding, and conspiracy against rights. Trump has pleaded not guilty to all. And meanwhile, he's ahead of four percentage points of sleepy Joe Biden, and uh, every day gets stronger and stronger in America. Just kind of bizarre when you think of it. Oh, and we got to throw this in here. Uh, Counsel Smith here asked the Supreme Court to decide whether former President Donald Trump can be prosecuted for crimes he allegedly committed while in office, even though an appeals court has not considered that yet. Give it to the Supreme Court. That ought to do it. Nikki Haley, we talked about her yesterday. She would beat Biden by 17 points. Trump up by only four points. What? She must be the one. That's it. It seems that the former South Carolina governor is bounding ahead in a hypothetical matchup there. Although Haley has not been able to make any significant headway against Republican frontrunner Trump, who's now polling over 60% of his party's preferred presidential candidate in the primaries, Haley would beat Biden by the largest margin among active Republican candidates, probably as much as 10 points. According to Real Clear Politics, unlike Haley, Trump is running ahead of Biden by only four points, given all the negative publicity that the president has incurred over the last six years, and given the mountains of legal trouble under which he's now pinned, thanks to the Biden Democratic demon-led Justice Department, his chances for re-election could be less promising than they look today. That's what the experts are saying. Haley has been doing her publicity with massive assistance from the Republican neoconservative establishment. Neoconservative. The Wall Street Journal has all but endorsed her. The New York Post and the rest of that Murdoch media empire can't say enough things about Nikki Haley. In fact, they can't mention her without lapsing into spasms of rapture while condemning Donald Trump. And oh, some of my favorites out of the past. How about uh, Fox News? There's uh, former Representative Trey Gowdy and Republican consultant Carl Rove. It was hard to tell which mood was more dominant in this animated conversation. Profound loathing of Donald Trump or blissful out-of-this-world adoration for Nikki Haley. The two dispositions usually coexist in Haley fans who view her as the top-drawer candidate for anti-Trump Republicans. They say she, oh, this should be scary, is the new John McCain, a candidate who combines a circumspect, even equivocal positions on most social issues with an unabashedly interventionist foreign policy. You got all that? This is undoubtedly part of the reason Haley resonates with her team. All the same, her support from the corporate press as the moderate Republican could lead to a possible replay of McCain's frustrated presidential bid when he gave it a go. 
If Haley does win the nomination, it would leave a oh, huge number of Americans who identify themselves as populist without a political home to go to. Well, what in the world was going on here? A Christian college came under fire this past Sunday after its men's basketball team suffered a, a humiliating, well, I guess, 108-14. to 14. North Dakota State beat Oak Hills Christian College, a Minnesota school that plays in the Northern Intercollegiate Athletic Conference and the National Christian College Athletic Association. They had six points at halftime in this bizarre matchup. And to add insult to injury, college basketball fans went after the school over its history of LGBT queer issues. Fans pointed out the school's LGBT prohibition passage on its Wikipedia page. And some wrote on X that Bison should have kept the pedal to the metal against the school and beat them by even more. Well, yes. Here's the thing. Oak Hills Christian College is a a homophobic institution that was granted a Title IX exemption to be allowed to discriminate against homosexuals. I wish they would have lost by more, said boardroom's Russell Steinberg. Should have run the score up a whole lot more, said another. I almost felt bad until I looked at the school, one person wrote. Oak Hill Christian School has a positional statement, a biblical one on human sexuality and gender identity on the about section of its school page. And anytime you really stand up for God in the Bible, you will be short, just short of being crucified. Today, oh, Jesus is coming soon. Everything points to it. I don't know, do you think uh, Hal Lindsey has it right? Christian evangelist Hal Lindsey is going on the attack against rampant anti-Semitism in America, comparing what's happening to Jewish people worldwide as something as, well, as evil as the seven deadly sins. Somehow people are using Israel's war, he says, with Hamas as an excuse to hate Jews, something common in humans as evil as the seven deadly sins. Uh, Lindsey, by the way, the author of the late great planet Earth, guy's brilliant, Best-selling nonfiction book of the 1970s, sold more than 35 million copies by 1999. He knows a few things. The Encyclopedia Britannica notes that the seven deadly sins in Roman Catholic theology are the seven vices that spur other sins and further immoral behavior. First enumerated by Pope Henry I, the great there in the 6th century, and elaborated in the 13th century by St. Thomas Aquinas. What are those seven? You remember. Vainglory or pride, greed or covetousness, lust or inordinate illicit sexual desire, envy, gluttony, which is usually understood to include drunkenness, wrath or anger, and sloth. The world finds excuses to hate Jews. He wrote that in his new commentary that came out Sunday. People across the globe are blaming individual Jews for Israel's war on Hamas. Even Jews who do not support the invasion of Gaza are being blamed. 
On U.S. college campuses, oh, we've heard this again and again and again. Jewish students are threatened. They're harassed. They no longer feel safe, they say. Hate crime against Muslims on the rise, but it's even worse now for Jews. The Bible says that this tendency toward Jew hatred would get worse during the end times. Here we go. And you're seeing it happening right now, my Christian friend. The popular analyst of Scripture then cited some recent examples. You may have heard of Williamsburg, Virginia and the Street Festival canceling a Hanukkah-related menorah lighting ceremony. After receiving criticism from the snub festival organizers telling the press that they rejected the menorah lighting because they have a policy against any kind of religious ceremony anymore. But in an email to the rabbi who was to conduct the ceremony, they said, oh, they would allow it to go ahead if an Islamic group also took part in that. So apparently religious expression is okay if it includes Muslims. It's the new America or the new world, and it's a flood of the seven deadly sins. Well, here's our tip of the day. This is a good one now. Pay attention. Millions of Americans who refrain from online shopping due to inflation and the exploding prices can now breathe a little sigh of relief. Insiders finally invented an everyday helper for people who want to save big time when they go shopping online. And as it spreads across the United States, big retailers like Amazon and Walmart and Costco are left trembling, seriously, seeing the huge discounts they're suddenly forced to match now. The only thing you have to do is to add Capital One Shopping to your browser. It's a free tool that guarantees you find the best deals out there in the world. And without there, that's what we mean. The whole internet, every single corner of it in the world. The algorithm behind it is so strong that customers already refer to it as the Insane Deals Browser Extension. Isn't that something? Capital One Shopping. Well, I talked about this last week, and some of this stuff just surprises the fire out of me. Cosmic. C-O-S-M-C. Mick. That's McDonald's new charge, if you will, against coffee houses across America, including the biggest one. They opened some of these in Chicago at one location. You had to sit in your car and wait over four hours to get one of their special drinks. You know what? This thing could work, and I hope they blast Starbucks. Right out of the starry sky. <laughs> oh, me, I don't go to any of these places. For coffee that you could get at Starbucks, I can buy a three-pound tin of coffee there at... Oh, never mind. Let me ask you, where's my Bible? Life 101, right after this. I was thinking about this one today and reading Chuck Mishler. What's more important, a person's birth or death? You know, in the Hebrew culture, didn't even recognize the birth, celebrated the death of the individual. Yes. And for some reason, maybe it's because I'm getting older and seeing so many people that I've been familiar with, as well as friends, graduating to glory, one right after another. 
I can tell you this, my friend, as long as God allows me to remain on this earth, I'm going to do all I can. We are more than ever. Here we are in the 70s, just going at it like crazy every day. If I could figure out a way not to sleep at night, I would get a whole lot more. Nah, I guess what I'm saying is this, my friend. Serve him with everything you have. Do it any way you possibly can. The days are short. He's coming soon. So are you my uh, weaker brother or stronger sister or what do you think? Got this from a dear pastor friend. He said, when I was uh, 21 years old and the Lord Jesus drew me to himself, I became born again, a born again Christian. I read the entire New Testament the first week of my new life in Christ. For a guy who never went to church as an adult, I showed up for Sunday school and the morning service the very next Sunday at a local Baptist church. The teaching and the preaching were good. However, as I looked around the congregation, I was more than a little surprised and disturbed to see some of the church leaders were people I'd been drinking with at the country club. I remember sitting down with the pastor of this evangelical church and explaining my dismay at the lifestyle of some of his church members. It troubled me. He said, now, who are you to judge and condemn, my friend? I'm thankful for all of them, said the pastor. Needless to say, that was my last day at that church. The next week, I was sharing the gospel with a guy at work, and he said, so you've become a Christian. I told him about my recent church experience, and he said he found a church that was fundamental without the legalism. I asked him what that meant. He said he didn't know, but uh, he said, come next Sunday and we'll find out. I attended his Bible church the next Sunday, and that became my church until I went to Bible college. Having been in the ministry now for 40 years, I must confess that the, the subject of that weaker brother, weaker sister, has it sometimes been perplexing to me. 1 Corinthians chapter 8, starting there at verse 11, is a key passage to understand this subject. And though thy knowledge shall the weak brother perish for whom Christ died, but when we sin so against the brethren and wound their weak conscience, ye sin against Christ. Wherefore, if meat makes my brother to offend, I'll eat no flesh while the world standeth, lest I make my brother to offend. The subject is eating meat offered to idols. If you were a former idol worshiper, eating this meat then was a big deal. If you weren't an idol worshiper, it's not a big deal. You know, you could purchase the meat at a huge discount in the marketplace and, and know the meat wasn't tainted. However, should a weaker brother see you eating this meat, it would be a huge stumbling block to him. The idea is for a preference. Don't destroy your brother. As I look at the Bible, I see five different categories of brothers in the Scripture. Do you ever think about this? Number one is the professional weaker brother. Some believers always are offended by something or everything. Romans 14, 1 through 3, Him that is weak in the faith receive ye, but not to doubtful disputations. For one believeth that he may eat all things, another who is weak eateth herbs. Let not him that eateth not... Let not him which eateth not judge him that eateth, for God has received him. In other words, these professional weaker brothers, stop judging others. Stop it for not holding to your personal preference in life. Uh, number two, the genuine 
weaker brother, from professional to genuine. I know people who have been saved from chronic alcoholism. It would be most wise to leave the wine in the fridge when you invite that person over for a meal, if that's your persuasion. Again, for a preference, destroy not your brother. I personally do not drink, says this preacher. However, I do have Christian friends who drink. I know a pretty conservative church where a few men in the church gather on occasion to smoke cigars together. They call themselves the Holy Smokes. This could be a huge offense to a believer who has fought to battle nicotine, cigarettes, or cigars. Got it? Number three is the mature, non-participating brother. Here we're talking about a believer who has a set of standards for himself that would not allow him to participate in various activities that are forbidden in the Bible. This pastor says, I grew up in a church that prohibiting dancing, playing cards, going to a movie theater, drinking alcohol, smoking. I remember looking around at the congregation and asking myself, what do these people do for fun in this world? I remember how guilty I felt when I went to see the G-rated movie Nemo with my wife. What happened? I took a step outside my self-imposed standards of not attending the movie theater. As an unbeliever, I had no issue with attending movies or drinking alcohol. As a believer, I adopted the religious standards that I grew up with. And then there's the immature participating brother. The first church I pastored was quite legalistic. The church was established over 100 years ago. The building was new, but the standards were old. There was one brother in the church that smoked cigarettes. This upset several of the church members. Once several people approached me and asked how this brother could be walking with God, I said somewhat tongue-in-cheek, he's probably right with God between his smokes. He read his Bible. He had a very good testimony of his salvation. He was not going to let go of his tobacco, and tobacco was not going to let go of him. Though I was the pastor of another church when he passed on, I was asked to preach his funeral. I have no idea how mature this brother was. I believe smoking was an issue between him and God alone. And then there's the mature participating brother. For example, uh, a friend of mine spent her life as a single missionary in another country. The woman in that part of the world believed that wearing makeup was a sign of being a prostitute. She said during one Bible study, the ladies were thinking about their Christian sisters in America who wear makeup. They were so burdened they began to cry, all of them. My friend said they were crying so hard, their tears were dripping into their beer. Something to think about. Now, what's the conclusion of all of this? Depending on the issue you may find yourself in, any one of these five groups we talked about, Romans 15, 7, this works. Wherefore, receive ye one another, as Christ also received us to the glory of God. And finally, I think I would say this marriage was probably in trouble somewhere along the line. Mr. and Mrs. Shaw were out there on safari in Africa. They were walking through the jungle. Suddenly, a huge lion springs out of the bushes and seizes the woman, starts dragging her off. Shoot, shoot, she screamed at her husband. Shoot. I can't, he said. I'm out of film. <laughs> oh, dear me. Uh, oh, I know. I'm always, <laughs> always saying it. Uh, 
I'm not even going to say that now. Hey, join me on Facebook, Greg, G-R-E-G-P-A-T-T-E-N. Be my friend. I need one today. Will you be there for me? I thought so. And uh, last program yesterday, you want to hear that? Oh, that's available. WHCBRadio.org. Follow the links or GregPatton.com. Oh, last year, same time? Oh, listen up. Do the very same thing. Last few years are there. Thank you, WHCB. And, uh, well, I've had it. I've had my say for another day, and I'm very grateful that you're here and telling others about the broadcast. It's special to have you hanging around. That's the way it is. Tuesday, December the 12th, 2023. I am Greg Patton. God bless.